Greetings, readers. How have you been? As noted before, I will always be 100% transparent with you all, which leads me to admit that the creation of this month's newsletter daunted my productivity and self-assurance. As I sit here writing this, I have five other sample drafts asserting themselves, hoping to claim a spot on my director and editor's desk. The truth is, I don't know what to say or how to say it. What is there to say? Do I use this editorial to educate my readers on black history? Should I provide a list of unknown yet remarkable African-Americans who paved the way or improved an aspect of society? Which stories are deemed appropriate? I felt an immense amount of pressure trying to appeal to and represent the black community while also ensuring my words weren't too harsh for white people. In my experience, white guilt has barricaded herself around some members of the white community and restrained them from accepting the veracity of black history. White guilt plays dirty. She camouflages herself as wholehearted acceptance. Sometimes she's apathetic. However, the reality is she's seeking asylum from accountability. She was at a Black History Museum, ambling through, meticulously reading all the plaques regarding the horrors of Black history. But when the KKK plaque appeared, she bent her head and hurried to the next museum wing. I've also heard her voice a few times, raving that she doesn't see color and all lives matter. Such commentary is intended to make one think she's inclusive, but indeed she's shielding herself from liability and harming the individuals asking her to see them. I encountered Miss Whitegill a few weeks ago in class. She muttered, it's always about race, after I collected the courage to speak on my feelings and discouragement as a black woman. I've kept many of my experiences in my heart and pondered on them. I was shaking, attempting to share my hurt and reveal the wounds I'd been bandaging. I take pride in my emotional transparency, willing to express that I'm hurt, yet bordering avenues that could lead to more hurt. But that day, I was emotionally vulnerable, exposing my aches and suffering with clear lanes to destruction, all with the intention of obtaining help. I craved to be heard. I wanted a period of introspection and a change of heart for my classmates. Was I hoping for too much? I didn't want an apology, vindication, or reparations. I just wanted them to listen. I like to think that I got through to a few of my classmates, but for the one young lady, Miss White Guilt reminded me she is alive and thriving in the consciences of white non-people of color. She is a virus. And I pray those who are infected get well soon. In my opinion, the only cure is allowing the self to decamp in discomfort. The antidote for white guilt is distasteful but necessary. I recall my mentor telling me, actual natural medicine is bitter. Sweetness doesn't cure. Are you comfortable being uncomfortable? In my experience, I love you in black culture is said through music, food, tradition, acts of service, and art. I will always embrace the nostalgic warmth I get when watching Crooklyn, a 1994 film loosely based on the childhood of African-American filmmaker and actor Spike Lee. An artist, Carrie Mae Weems, created the Kitchen Table series, which is 20 photographs and 14 text panels revealing profound memories and life experiences centered around her dining room table. 
Toni Morrison, Bell Hooks, Octavia E. Butler, Audre Lorde, and Roxane Gay's works are stationed on my bookshelf, works that reveal the stories intertwined in the Black diaspora. Over the last two years, I have made a commitment to find and relish in Black representation that does not revolve around struggle or pain, and I invite you to learn with me. I want you to taste the recipes my grandmother has passed on to me. Let's swing to the rhythm of Detroit's very own Motown while cleaning the entire house on a Saturday morning. I can educate you on black hair care and the beauty of blue magic hair grease and pink lotion. I want you to know why I have 13 aunts, even though my father is an only child and my mother has two sisters. It's in our culture. Black history is beautiful and stems beyond slavery and civil rights. There is a village that continues to thrive, roses growing in the cracks of concrete. I've compiled a list of my favorite expressions of Black culture demonstrated by a multitude of Black artists through a multitude of modes, and I hope over time you can immerse yourself in these opportunities to grow. But it starts with listening, even to the ugly parts. Our society will continue to dwell in perpetual cycles of racism, microaggressions, and stagnancy if we allow mis-white guilt to infect our spaces. Mind you, it will be hard. No one likes being told they're wrong or have caused immense amounts of pain and misfortune. But I also want to reveal that the attempts made to coddle our egos sustain and exacerbate the wounds the Black community is fighting desperately to heal. We cannot continue to rise on an insecure foundation. As a Black woman, I feel a deep-rooted responsibility and desire to remind you that all you need to give is your ear. My grandmother and I tell each other, I like talking to you when you listen. So my dearest reader, whether you go to a museum or a poetry event, watch a documentary, or have a conversation with a person of African descent, can you step into the space with the intention to listen, to understand, and not to respond? Abandon your ego and remember, our expression is not a personal attack. You don't need to bring a sword and shield to the conversation. I pray one day we can unshackle ourselves from the hypersensitivity of Miss White guilt and allow room for accountability, restoration, and education. I look forward to catching up and hearing about your experiences. As always, stay safe and be kind to one another. With gratitude, Morgan.